All right, welcome to another episode of Night Investment Advice. We've got an NAA boys here, Trung fan, me, Master Flex himself, and Jack Butcher, founder of Visualize Value, and I'm Bilal Zaidi, as always, as well. All right, boys, we've got a packed agenda. It's the three of us back in the game. No guests this week. The gang is back. And uh, as we said last last week, it's been a year, so we're actually going to do a little bit of a review towards the end of the episode, chat a little bit about what's been go- going like for the year. Uh, but to tell people what we're talking about today, step in, move to earn. All right, this is true edge of the internet stuff. We're going to talk about <laughs> how to get paid to go for a walk, walk your dog, walk with your missus or your husband, or just go for a run, how you can earn money from that and why it might not be as good as it sounds. Then we're going to talk about Moonbirds NFTs. Jack is going to break that down for us. Uh, that was a really successful launch in the last um, week or so. We're going to break that down. And then Trunk's going to talk about why CNN Plus is doomed already. You know, um, I, I might sum yeah. that out because uh, Netflix oh, yeah. just fell 23%. I just uh, saw lost that. subscribers for the first time ever. We should combine those two. because All right, let's, we'll talk about Netflix and CNN because it's, kind of, yeah. it's kind of related subscription. It's kind of, but let, listen, we're not going to overdo it. Hey, I'll, I got to say one thing, guys. So um, we haven't, just hasn't been the three of us for almost more than a month, right? So I have a couple of questions that I think our listeners will appreciate because we get comments both ways. How do you guys feel about guests versus not guests? So I would love your opinions. Go go forth. Go on, Jack. After you, uh, I think I think it's good. I think we definitely shouldn't do multiple back to back. Yeah. Celia listens every week, and she actually has like she always says, "I wish she didn't bring a guest on." But after she listens <laughs> to the episode, she's like, "No, it was actually pretty good." Right. Yeah. It's not like you know. I think what we've done pretty well, at least from what I've heard, is like. They're not your typical like, hey, team me up for these talking points. I want to come on and shill my yeah. bags or my, you know, my project that I'm putting out. So I think uh I think we've done a good job with guests, but probably should be uh, you know, sub ten percent, fifteen percent of our total yeah. episodes. Well, the guests have also been amazing. So let's just put it out there. Yeah, like, that's true. Brett Harrison, of course. Yeah, yeah. uh Magools, Majules, our boy Mijuli, Nick Mijuli, and uh Bord Elon. Uh, three in a row, and then Alex stepped in yeah. for uh, for Jack, obviously. But yeah, I I agree. I think uh, I I prefer just the three of us. Uh, also, because it gives each of us more airtime. Because you have to be a lot more respectful of the guest time, right? Uh, understandably, if they come <laughs> well, on, with difficult, us. Difficult yeah. I listen. I'm more than happy <laughs> drowning you guys out for 90 minutes, right? But if there's a guest there, we're gonna have to let the individual talk. Uh, no, I think is I think uh, to Jack's initial point, having the back to back to back to back is not ideal. Yeah, it just it yeah. ended up that way. Yeah, and just for people's like a lot of those that wasn't completely planned. I think we were yeah. all happy to do all of those everyone yeah. we had on, but it just happened to be the way things got scheduled. They were like back to back in one week. Jack couldn't join, but anyway, we loved it. Yeah, we loved we having the guests, but the cadence to Bilal's point is yeah. uh, it was just bad planning on our part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But either way, yeah, good to be back. I, I, and to answer your original question, Trung, I also kind of agree. Uh, I do think the way we've done it has been quite decent. And I think a lot, basically it comes down to how good the guests are is yeah. kind of the summary. And I think we've kind of between us has said we need a very high standard of the sort of people we bring on. And in most cases, I think that's worked out pretty well. And people seem to like it. So uh, I think we'll still do them in the future. But I like the kind of three-way chat um and like having the fourth person and we're still keeping our normal format 
and then bringing them on to talk about their stuff as well. I think it kind of is, is a unique way of doing it. Um, so yeah, boys, let's get on with the, the show then. Um, I just got back from Florida, as you guys know. That was wild, man. Have you guys spent much time in Florida? It is real. I haven't been there in ages. So, and just to clarify, yeah. this is not like Miami, Florida. I was in like Alabama, Florida, mm-hmm. which is, I didn't know that was a thing. It's like 20 minutes from Alabama. And there was a tornado the night before we left and I've never been I felt like I was on the Titanic bro it was it was like every second or two there were was like lightning thunder I wasn't sure I was making it back wait anyway, why were you in Alabama again I uh, actually never wedding, understood that okay, okay. Wedding. yeah 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 but anyway uh, but good to be back got my tree in the background so uh, let's get on with it step in boys have you guys heard of this first of all before I try to explain what the hell it is I've seen a few screenshots posted here and there, but I have not done any digging at all. I uh, need, I know nothing about it uh, uh, similarly, so I'm happy for you to just drop mad knowledge on us. Yeah, well, what I'd say is there's a few things I read through that I'll also share in the show notes so people can check that out. Our boy Nat Eliason, who's a great writer, he's got a good yep. uh, crypto newsletter nowadays. He did a whole deep dive on it. It's like half an hour's worth of reading. Uh, <laughs> and there are a couple other kind of threads that I read through. So we're not going to go through every single thing because we don't have time to go through all of that. But the kind of high level of it is it's a Web3 running app. Right, that's the tagline. It's built on Solana. Uh, we'll get on to why in a second. And they're using this phrase, move to earn. So this is in contrast to play to earn, which we've heard of with Axie Infinity uh, and other things like that. Um, but the headline is, a lot of people are already using this. They're earning 30 to $50 a day just for going for a walk. Sometimes all the way up to, I saw Nat mention $400 a day. I think because he's got multiple like shoes or whatever, right? So there's there's a whole gaming element to it, which is kind of ridiculous. If you were able to sustain that, that is more money than most people make, right? So um, again, you're not making this in dollars, you're making it in their native currency uh, called GST. So we're not gonna explain exactly how every single thing works, but the high level is you download the app, you have to have an activation code, which at the moment is kind of hard to get. You have to go in their Discord. I'm still waiting for one. So if anyone here is playing around with it, feel free to DM me with one of those. Um, you create a wallet, you send soul, soul to the wallet, like Solana to the wallet, and then you buy a pair of sneakers or trainers as we call it. Um, and from that, it's basically like an NFT, I guess. So it's a virtual sneaker. It's not like they're sending a pair of Nikes out to your house or something. And that costs right now a minimum of around 12 sol. So that in, with today's prices, that's $1,200. So already that's a lot of people out the game, right? Most people don't necessarily have $1,200 to uh, put to something like this. And Wait, hold on. Did you say it's 1200 just to get started? That's way more than that. Basically, uh, exactly. Oh well, goodness. it's also because the price of it has kind of gone up. Over time, okay. it's okay. going to become less and they're going to give the ability to do it for free, I, I believe. Uh, but that'll be you'll be able to like rent someone else's um, sneakers, basically. So kind of how Axie, it had this whole um, ecosystem of people lending <laughs> it. Wait a second. You're yeah. going to rent <laughs> someone's sneakers? Yeah, yeah. But it's like Only a virtual pair. Metaverse. Only yeah, in exactly. the metaverse. Exactly, exactly, yeah. 
So yeah, so the, the way it works, you, you basically have to pick one of these four pairs of sneakers, one's for walking, one's for rog- running, one's jogging, and one's like a hybrid. And for and there's all these gaming mechanics made for each of them. The one of them, uh, you know, is walking. So if you go too fast, it doesn't count towards your points or whatever. So just think of a game that you're playing but you're actually playing it in real life. And the good thing here is is actually something positive, right? Like you're moving, which is good for you or whatever. And depending on how much you walk, the more you earn or whatever. So that's kind of like the high level how it works. Um, there's all these kind of like gaming mechanics though, right? Like you breed, it's the equivalent of like breeding, um, the sneakers like there's these things there's like bonuses and you can like over time the sneakers wear down so you kind of have to like boost them oh, up interesting yeah so there, there's all these like interesting gaming mechanics right um but my this is my high level take right so my high level take is i love the idea i think it's a overall an interesting idea definitely not ready for the masses just yet it's definitely getting regular people interested in crypto which is a generally positive thing um but my overall take on it is it's kind of an elaborate like the ponzi nomics of this are definitely there like you're only going to be able to make money long term uh you're only going to be able to make money while other people keep coming in the game which is again a bigger philosophical question is that all of money is that all of value but in this case i think the the fact you're getting money in their token which is unlimited supply in i think it's very likely that the value of that is going to drop significantly the way that what happened to Axie Infinity as well. Um, so that doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean they're trying to rug anyone. It doesn't mean they're like doing something terrible. It just means in this current form, I think there's a limited, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that will get into it and then realize later, oh, okay, this is, I'm not making the money I did before and probably stop playing. So now the the question is, can they create more things and more reasons for people to stay in that ecosystem does it become a fun enough game like we've talked about before for them to keep doing it do they gain from walking with their dog and going for a run that that it keeps people paying and into that ecosystem the same way i pay for an aura ring uh my fitness pal plus or whatever it's called and all those other things that i actually get some value out of um so, is, well, hold on a second. Quick question: yeah. is, is there motivation to get people more fit? Is that the overarching theme here, or is there something I don't else? Know. I'm, I'm not too sure. That's a good question. I'm sure, like, it's a part of it. Like, from what I can see, the people, like, the way that they've set this thing up, there's actually quite a long vesting schedule, like, compared to other crypto projects. So they're not like, hey, tomorrow we're gonna just run away with it. Seems like, from what I've read, um, I'm sure when they were trying to create this, and they were like oh, we want to create this thing. Maybe that is a part of the motivation. But the, the, the question I always ask you guys on this is, does it need to be crypto or could this just be something else? So could this be like Web 2? Could it be an app on the iPhone? Because right now it is an app on the, on the iPhone or Android, but it has a back end that is working in the Sol, uh, Solana ecosystem. You're going to um, laugh uh, really hard. Yeah, I, just Googled, I just Googled move to earn. You want to know what the first result is? It's from the Vietnamese uh, English newspaper, VN Express. <laughs> and uh, the article to headline is Vietnamese people embrace move to earn crypto trend. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it sounds, sounds like to me yeah. that there's going to be similar scholar situations yeah. like with Axie, where somebody like me or Jack is going to have a stable of people in the Southeast Asia just walking around the country yeah. <laughs> earning the step in coin or whatever it is. 
Yeah, exactly. So and and uh, so what I would say, the cynical side of me is saying, okay, this is just another elaborate Ponzi, right? Like there's all these gaming mechanics, and eventually it just comes, to, it crumbles. The the flip side is saying, okay, if things are ever going to get out to masses the way we all talk about, these are the sort of things that are worth experimenting with, right? And the people who are behind it. Let's assume that their intention isn't completely just to rug the whole world. Right, right, right. If right. that is the case, then it's worth it's a worthwhile. I don't experiment. think it is. I, yeah. I, I do not yeah, yeah, think I it is. Agree. And so that is kind of and and the other thing I kind of want to bring bring up as a question is one: Does this need to be crypto? So my opinion is no, it doesn't have to be crypto. Right, right, right. Now my health insurance company Oscar, which is not my favorite thing but that's what i'm self-employed at what i can afford uh every day i can sync my steps in the app and i get a reward of like a dollar a day or something like that and after doing it for 180 days i've got like an amazon gift card right so that if you think about it from their point of view if i'm going for a run or walk every day that i'm less likely to use their services and they save money in the long run so that is if you think about it from that point of view there are use cases like those sort of companies could fund stuff like this the other area is like i'm wearing an aura ring right now which tracks my sleep i think jack's got one of these as well i've used levels in the past which is a glucose monitor uh there's all these different apps that are already trying to incentivize you to do positive things this could potentially be funded or uh, one of these companies could be doing something like this and it would probably be a worthwhile pursuit oh, for them. Oh, that's right. If Nike did this, no one would bat exactly. an eyelash, right? Exactly, exactly. To your point, there is, I mean, the, the joke I was making about me and Jack having a, a, a stable of uh, uh, people working for us. Right now, you can run for somebody for $4 a day for a half an hour of jogging. Like you do it for them so they earn. I mean, there is that dystopian part of it, but to your point, if this was Nike, no one's batting an eyelid. It's the and to your original question, does this have to be crypto? But the other part I liked here that I saw from this article, uh, I love your comments on it because I have no idea what this really means. But it says, uh, unlike an Axie and some of these other crypto uh, first games, you know, it combines the real world, kind of like how Pokemon Go did. So that's nice. You get the real world interaction. Uh, there's a little bit of community. I guess that's already an Axie and social communication. It really just sounds like Axie plus some Pokemon Go and some fitness stuff mixed in. I don't yeah. know if that's about right. Yeah, maybe. And the same way it actually sound like Pokemon plus like, you know, crypto buzzwords or whatever. Yeah. So, and, and so, yeah, maybe that's all it is. Jack, I'm curious to get your take because I, I could see your face there. I'm curious what you think. Uh, I don't know if you said it or not, but the uh, it's built on Solana, right? The base layer of this is built on Solana. And so their token is like a Solana native token i'm assuming like yeah. built um as like a proxy so i think there's something interesting about like c- consumer oh, sorry customer acquisition on a per chain basis you could see something like this being interesting and uh, we all know solana is like a uh actually i don't actually know the the company structure of solana but i'm assuming there is money to recruit customers and it's thought about in a different way than a decentralized blockchain right there's an llc yeah that's a great responsible for that's Solana. a great point and i know that they had like a fund which was helping projects get off the ground to incentivize stuff like this i don't know if they actually funded any of this um but that's a good good point to bring up yeah, yeah and i think that could you know like if you think about like uh i, I just started watching that um 
the the Uber like thing with uh, Gordon Levitt, you know the oh, oh super pumped, super pumped, super pumped, yeah. And I guess this is this is recency bias of just watching that show, but like thinking about like once we get somebody to ride twice, they're in, right? So mm, yeah, what you can. I don't know how closely they're coordinating with Solana, but to me, it kind of makes sense like to show off the value prop of Solana and like crypto in general. It's like being able to move money around quickly. Like you could see the uh, logic behind like using something like that as a really smart way to onboard people. It doesn't feel like you're gambling. And what will a crypto exchange pay to get a, a customer? A hundred bucks, 200 bucks, 500 bucks? Yeah, exactly. Like Whatever everybody it is, that. we can lower the cost of acquisition. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it exactly. is. Listen to Earn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah listen to Earn. <laughs> that's a great idea. Um, but yeah, Jack, that's a great point. And it was kind of to my point earlier around, does this need to be crypto? And the other question I always ask is, where's the money coming from? So in contrast to this, let's use other examples. So DeFi, the thing that has clicked for me, as I've mentioned many many times on, on the pod, was there's three parties, a user, a, um, well, if I've got 10 grand sitting in an account, Chase lends that out and earns 7% and gives me zero pretty much. Whereas with DeFi, I could see directly, there's two of us, we took one middleman out and that same pie is now split by two versus three. That is why there's money to be made there. And it seems sustainable for that reason, or at least legitimate. The other uh, area is what you just mentioned there, which is incentive-based. So a lot of these DeFi platforms, um, you can liken the early rewards, the airdrops, et cetera, um, or even the play-to-earn stuff here, um, similar to like the Lyft or Uber referral bonus where you get $15 to invite your friend. That was the equivalent of, of Lyft and Uber's marketing budget or affiliate budget going right. to you, the user, not a random influencer or email newsletter or whatever else they were using. So those yeah. two, to me, I'm like, oh, I can see where the money's coming from. In this case here, I, that's kind of where it falls down for me, which is the money is coming from, you know, this big bucket of money they've got to distribute and the, but crucially, they're paying in a token that is uh, inflationary forever, basically. And and that, again, on its own, isn't necessarily just a problem. The way that um, uh, Nat kind of describes it, I think I've got a tweet that he wrote here. He basically said, I think we're entering a crypto gaming season, kind of like the NFT season last year. Keep in mind, no one has really figured out how to escape the Ponzi-nomic flywheel without a big correction. That's the, the phrase, right? The Ponzi-nomic flywheel. Uh, the hotter something is and the faster it's growing, the worse it might be. Happen to Axie, it will happen to step in. Just make sure you know what you're, what game you're playing. Uh, and Nat's then he's got a little bit crypto more. crypto newsletter. Google that. We should put it in the show notes because Nat is absolutely smashing Yeah, yeah I'll share it. that. It's, well, it was a great uh, write-up. But yeah, go on, Jack. I was just going to say one other thing, like escaping the Ponzi-nomics, I think is there's a couple just high-level ideas like their white paper and the, i just was like skimmed through it a second ago they're talking about like getting people outside and walking instead of taking the car or you know emission reduction things of that nature so it feels like one way you could um one way you could get fresh capital into that system is like if you're a brand and you want to sponsor you know exactly. you want to put money into like getting people moving, like put your money where your mouth is type stuff. If you're, uh, you know, Nike buys 10 million, a hundred million dollars of tokens and like 
there's I think there's ways in which like if you can legitimize something around a mission, you can bring fresh capital into it exactly. in a way that's like almost like a philanthropic thing, but it doesn't like it goes directly to the people participating in the thing and walking is like a pretty measurable thing. And they seem to have gotten around the gaming of it. Like exactly. this GPS tracked, you can't stick it on your dog and, you know, let your dog run whatever. But um, I think things like that, like as it matures partnerships and like more, uh, more closely aligned mission with like bringing people into it. And it's not necessarily about like, you know, building the, like adding features. It's more about like getting people aligned under this story. Did Nick, uh, sorry, did Nat mention any of like uh, potential sponsorships as like- I didn't see him write that in his piece, but that was kind of the area that I thought could make sense. Cause it that, makes the most that sense, money right? is a bucket of money that is not, you're not, the return is to people knowing your brand. So there's no return needed. It's, and yeah. similarly, the health care provider, or like, I hate to even use this example, but like the government basically, right? Or, you know, um, the NHS, let's say in the UK, like not very sexy at all, but the same way they've got incentive programs and subsidies for other yep. companies, the same way Tesla and other, uh, was it Tesla or SpaceX, or like, you know, um, climate or environmental focused companies have incentives from government money. Those are mm -hmm. all the things that used for positive things like exercise for sleep, like other, I could see, like imagine Aura Ring had this or eight sleep, one, two of the totally. more leading uh, kind of like fitness uh, sleep companies. Like there's so much they could do with that. Like, and again, you can verify that because you have to wear it, right? Yeah, You're already yeah, yeah. wearing it. So they could bring in stuff like this. So I, that's why I didn't want to completely dismiss it as a massive Ponzi because I think it's actually a very no, interesting No, actually listen to you guys idea. explain it. I think that the real world element, uh, as we've talked in the past about, you know, the sailor's whole point about why Bitcoin is so resilient. Hate to bring it back to sailor, but it's because it's got the real world element, right? That proof of work, the necessity of electricity, by combining the real world, all roads lead to. Oh my God! I just listened to his Lex Friedman one. Just he oh, had yeah, a I need to quick to tangent here. Uh, quick tangent because he had a new phraseology for Bitcoin that I never heard before. He said the goal of Bitcoin was to create a, a billion-dollar block of energy in cyberspace that can move at the speed of light. I'm like, oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> the the uh. message has just been distilled right it's like he just keeps distilling it you know when you're making a nice sauce like a reduction he just keeps making the sauce and the flavors just keep getting stronger and stronger every time he goes on one of these three to four hour podcasts it just gets better it just yeah. gets better he's like fine wine it just gets better and better all right that was my uh tangent <laughs> that but was the your I, uh, the <laughs> reason i bring it up is because uh sailor fest the real world stuff you guys mentioned, I think that is a big difference is, um, and I know there's a lot of talk of like, listen, we already live our lives digitally, but uh, this real world stuff, man, it makes it a uh, step in. If it can combine with any of these, do a partnership, just go to Nike, go to Adidas. Let's make this happen. Right. Let's make the health happen. Um, McDonald's. Yeah. yeah. McDonald's. Go to Mickey <laughs> we'll D's. Get a bonus when you go to McDonald's. No, because at the end you. of the day, is what Bilal, you are saying is like, they have attention, right? This is the running theme in our podcast. They have attention right now. You can do anything with that. You can partner with athletic brands and health conscious uh, organizations to leverage that attention. Yeah. 
And then Trunk, just to add to what you just said there, from what Nat said, this is the this is the most excited non-crypto people have been in his circle about a project, including his wife, his his wife's friends. Like they're literally now in a WhatsApp group or some sort of group chat, kind of sharing with each other. Like, oh, I, I did this today. This is a, a yeah, way to bo- a boost your points. Thing, right? People have been talking about steps for like, uh, this is, yeah. uh, it's like been a 15 year thing where I guess when the first Fitbits came out, I was like, oh, did you get your 10,000 steps, right? Like you challenge exactly. people. Um, but, but adding that gaming element. So even for me, I still use like a Fitbit and I, well, like I'm like nine thousand seven hundred twenty-two. I'm just gonna do to get to ten k because I'm like I'm a human being, right? So you're trying to hit that bonus, but you know, like um, it's if you just think of NFTs last year, like this is why I think it's interesting comparison. Look, don't get me wrong. I think majority of the the reason NFTs were booming last year, especially, was because most people were trying to make money, they're trying to flip them, whatever. Of course. At the same time, once I got into doing it a little bit, how much fun was that? Yeah, like yeah. Me, I'm texting Jack and Jack's like, oh yeah, check out this rarity trait. And then I'm in Tom Osmond's <laughs> Discord with all these random fools in a good, in the best possible uh, <laughs> use of the word fools, including myself in that, being like, oh, look at this new drop and blah, blah, blah. Like it was a game, obviously a massive incentive, like I said, was related to um, the, the money making, but that, that's not necessarily a terrible thing on its own. Like at the end of the day, money is an incentive that moves people towards something. So if that means we can use it for not just flipping a JPEG, but actually, you know, getting people together, going for a walk, going for a run together, whatever, that isn't necessarily a terrible thing. So um, yeah, any for any other summary, summarized thoughts for you, from you guys before we uh, move on to the next one? But I think it's an interesting, interesting idea. For no, sure. I think what we you just said is back perfect. in on it in a few yeah. in a few weeks. Yeah, I think I, I would like to try it. So if anyone has an activation code, I texted Nat to see if he has one, but uh, I haven't heard back yet. So uh, Nat, if you're listening, send me a text back, and uh, it, and it will be cool if we if we all want to try it out, we could. Uh, you know, report back on it in a few weeks or something like that. Um, all right, boys, let's move on to the next one. Moonbirds NFTs. This was the first project in a long while that I saw get this much heat. Um, Jack, I'll pass it over to you. I know you know a lot more about this world than I do. Uh, but just to tee up for people who don't know, this is Kevin Rose's project, right? Yeah, so uh, Kevin Rose of The Proof Podcast. Is that what the podcast called? Uh, I think it's modern finance, but Proof Collective is the NFT. Uh, is like the community. It's a group or something that like. they made, right? Yeah, the Proof Collective. So is modern community. finance and Bilal, you probably know more about. Oh, Kevin sorry. Rose's do you background. know what? You're right. He does have uh, another a NFT podcast. podcast, which might be called Proof. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. So um, I was introduced, I think, to Kevin Rose through you, Bilal. Like he's been. Was he, I think he's a columnist yeah, he's, at some he big was, he, was, he, was, he was a founder of Dig. Dig, yeah. So internet aggregator Dig. Like a, yeah, a, so. peer, a peer to Reddit. And, so and he, like yeah. web two guy, like yeah. kind of a legend. Like he Went to work at Google, super tight with Tim Ventures, Ferriss. yeah. And he's yeah. really, really good. He's an incredible investor. Like arguably he's been a better investor than founder, though I think he's a really great product person. He really, like hearing him speak about it, he's a really, really smart smart dude yeah so yeah back to you awesome it's good context so his first nft project and like he was in the nft world way back when we first started talking about this like he's talking about x copy and board apes and whatever else like back at the very beginning of like 
when this stuff was becoming popular. So he's been, had his like finger on it on the pulse of it for a long time. Um, obviously been putting out media for a couple of years on NFTs. And then I believe late last year or early this year, he launched a, what was called a proof pass, which is a, uh, I think a thousand is like a closed member discord. I think he sold them for two and a half ETH. So it's like, you would have access to, I believe him and his team. I don't have one, so I don't know exactly what that entails, but the proof pass was a thousand people or at least a thousand NFTs, which created a private community, which I assume they're in there talking about what's happening, what's coming next, what like they think are, are good investments, I'm sure with disclaimers, et cetera. And I think that- it also would give you, uh, sorry, you might have been about to say this, but I think it also gave you access to the future nfts like there was an allocation for the members or something like that yeah yeah so uh the uh, yes yeah, just like like a lot of nft roadmaps like utility to be determined like events coming up and like the things that the projects we develop from here on out like proof members will have access to those things on favorable terms so then this collection's called moonbirds that we're going to talk about which like mirrors the mechanic of crypto punks board apes is 10,000 unique avatars that you're going to see all over Twitter. If you're listening to this, I'm sure you've already seen this and you may even know more than I do about it, but, um, they each pass, I believe gave you access to mint two. Um, so that was, I guess, 2000 was spoken for through the original proof pass presale. Um, let me actually rewind one piece that I missed out. So those proof passes that sold for two and a half Ethereum back when they minted are now on the secondary market, I believe for like 80, 90 Ethereum. Like yeah. the, the floor price- I think price it went, even went up to 100 or something like that. Yeah, so that's it's 300 crazy. grand to oh join my- this thing. Whew. And those passes give you access to two of these Moonbirds, which again, minted for two and a half Ethereum. So- there was 2000 allocated for members of proof. And then I believe half of the rest of the supply was raffled off. So they had like a whitelist component where you just put your name down and you found out a couple of days before the mint, if you were whitelisted, which means your address is, you know, put into the contract. So you guaranteed, um, guaranteed one of these things. So they minted for two and a half Ethereum, obviously sold out instantly. So that's what I think 20 mil. Let me do the math on that quick. Um, so there's been raised. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go on. No, I was just going to say, uh, I thought while well, you're looking at numbers, I know that there's been hundreds of millions in uh, secondary sales. Yeah. It looks like almost oh, yeah. 300 million. That's yeah. wild. So nothing. crazy. So yeah. the, the secondary gone. market, they're entitled to 5% of the resales. Right now, the secondary volume is 70. 76,900 Ethereum in secondary sales. So let me see that. It's 200 plus. Seven, six, nine, zero, zero. Uh, even with Ethereum at 3,000, that's oh, yeah, yeah. crazy. That's 230 mil, 5% of that. That's their, you know, that's their take on the royalties. And I think the speculation that I've seen is a lot of new money came into the ecosystem with this launch because I think Kevin's reputation and like, like the web two world that maybe he's been waiting on the sidelines and didn't want to spend a hundred grand buying into something by like, 
you know, Mooncat975. Like, this yeah, is, yeah. Uh, we always go back to that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think Gary V was in the proof collective too. So good old Gary. Yeah. Gary's yeah, yeah, out yeah. here. I think getting him the and Gary are old school <laughs> yeah. web two South by Southwest uh, South by Southwest friends. And, and then Jack, I was just going to read. I think I sent this to you guys in a DM. This guy, Mark. I can't read something, Mark.eth uh, on Twitter. Um, he said, Proof has been a wild ride. Purchase passed in December for one ETH. Now it's worth 100 ETH. In addition to that, we got these airdrops. Heart, you emote, uh, two ETH. Grails, nine ETH. Two Moonbirds, 40 ETH plus 35 ETH. One ETH to 186 ETH in four months. That's Tom Osman levels of uh, is, gains there. How many is- people got that though? Thousand, two thousand. Yeah. I a guess the people that were well, a thousand, so, a thousand NFTs, not a thousand people. I'm sure that okay. people had multiple. Yeah, yeah, so sure. is there, a, is there, is there some blowback here of insider ishness? Is that, is this kind of the narrative? Uh, I don't. Th- I think the only blowback that I've seen is more like, uh, like the, which is maybe counterintuitive because people talk about projects like sucking liquidity out of the rest of the market. But as we just mentioned, like this is a lot of like net new money, money, I think. And like a lot of people who have been maybe consuming all of this stuff for a long time, but uh, like the second wave of educated in inverted commas uh, consumers here. So yeah, I think um, like as far as NFT projects go, it's like, maybe the like the most sophisticated in terms of like how much like legal due diligence has been done and the people that are behind it, things of that nature. I think that just unlocked like a a new type of person. Um, Yeah. Not really much to say beyond that because I haven't been a part of any of those groups and I did not participate. I was going to preface the entire uh, uh, section here with just like, I've just cooled off on a lot of that stuff because I'm just heads down building and uh trying to, trying Hold on, to Jack, get some... let's say more i think this is worth teasing yeah i wanted out. to ask you more about yeah. this as well yeah so you uh as our listeners know jack butcher circa may 2021 was knee deep no shoulder deep in the yeah. nft yeah. muck so give us an idea we know that you went bricks i mean clicks to bricks when you sold some apes bought a home very, very prudent financial move in hindsight. Uh, where are you now mentally with NFTs, and uh, and what 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 are you digging your head down for? Let the audience know what's up. I think like the 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 concept still massively resonates with me. I just have realized that my ability to like speculate on the day to day market of NFTs and be proud of my output as a business owner is definitely not, is not consistent with where I'd like it to be. So while I might be missing out on a hundred Ethereum in uh, proof gains over the course of six months, I like to think that the like compounding benefits from focusing on the stuff that I can control is, uh, outweighs that especially having had the experience that i had right uh, yeah I'm, you've been there you've been there yeah and, I, and it's just uh it's just uh like it's kind of a, a tricky psychological game there's like nothing really is enough in that in that scenario and, and you just keep resetting the boundaries and your risk tolerance just goes bananas um and honestly like at this point in my career personally like there are a lot of attractive things 
outside of like staring at open sea all day, uh, regardless of the, you know, financial upside associated with it. So just had to like shut it out, which was not particularly easy to do in the beginning. And you still like wince a little bit when you see certain things, but, uh, overall, I think good decision. Meant I I'm hundred percent on board with you, uh, minus the part where I actually got the big winning, but I, I, get, I, get, I get what you're yeah. saying. And, uh, I mean, could you can you share a little bit what you're going deep on, or is this going to be a later reveal? Uh, yeah, I th- I'm so some of the visualized value NFT stuff is like some infrastructure stuff for that that isn't okay. like that isn't going to follow the same mechanics as like you know you have to have this enormously hyped up launch and things of that nature. So like some tooling there, um, just like maybe going back to some foundational stuff, uh, got a good, uh, podcast recommendation. I think it just came out. Uh, Naval interviewed Vitalik. It's a two part yeah, yeah, podcast. I, saw that. I was on I, I drive to listen to this. I haven't listened yet. Yeah. And I think some of that stuff is like, is inspiring in terms of like, you know, you can really find yourself getting caught up in like the fashions of the moment and maybe miss some of the like, amazing fundamentals and the uh like the reason why a lot of this stuff is happening so just zooming out a little bit go get back to like producing original stuff myself which uh last few weeks i've been gearing back into a lot and um yeah just like i'm kind of a i have like all a or nothing. You're tendency all or nothing. to go yeah all the way in or on our tour and that's yeah, uh that's definitely just switching back in the other direction so yeah, I could I could sense it even just from uh like I, I don't know enough, but like the amount of stuff you even put in like Instagram, like the design stuff, right? Like on visualized value. Has it ramped up quite a bit in the last few weeks? Cause I've been seeing yeah. it more anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I and that's like uh taking my foot off the gas on that ever was just a dumb idea, right? It's like when you have something that works that way. Um, yeah, it's such a I mean that Dude, you are doing the opposite of your famous graph. Like, this is pointless. Right, you're, just right, like, right. you're like, oh, I'm done, right? Like, uh, this is the best it's ever going to be. Yeah. Nothing else will compound from here. Like, that's what you basically did when you effed yeah. off and did board apes for a year. <laughs> yeah, and there was, like, elements of, uh, I think, that experience that I think helps produce better work on the visualized value side. So nothing is is lost in terms of, like, uh, it's new material to work with as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say this. I'm happy that you're off the NFTs a little bit. Like uh, I'll share this because now when you pump, when you put something out there, I won't feel bad that I'm never, ever going to purchase it and miss out on a thousand X games. <laughs> zero. Yeah. Zero we'll see. I'm still that. Da- I still zero dabble, alpha. but, but not with any, uh, you know, not with any meaningful, yeah, also another nod, um, like the, the nouns thing that we talked about, that's like the one NFT project that I'm like, Oh yeah. Somebody cut that video a, of us. That was amazing, man. Yeah. From a philosophical perspective, that's like interesting to me rather than the, uh, you know, the endless chase yeah. and scalping. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's funny. The, the other like realization I've had is like the, the, the idea of community, it does stand in a little bit of, uh, 
you know, we like to use buzzwords, right? Like community is this thing that people have attached to the idea of um, a collection of NFTs. And as that collection gets more popular, it gets more liquid and the turnover of participants in the community increases. So there's like this really weird tension between like, is this community or is this just number go up and we all enjoy number going up? Um, and, and it's chicken and egg and like that stuff is very fascinating to me. And I definitely, uh, I definitely, it definitely resonates that you can like, once you've found product market fit for a aesthetic or an idea, or like you've brought people together around this thing that you can turn that into something valuable. But, um, it also like just creates these short feedback loops that for me personally, are uh, detrimental to the stuff that I know I should be focusing on. So it's, it's taken a, a bit of discipline to to wean off it, but uh, stay tuned. I'll let you know about that. So far, it's been been going a bit better. Good, good. That's good to hear. That's great, man. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say, I, yeah, I, I could sense it a little bit. I think from even a previous conversations we've had about like how uh, what happened last year for for a lot of people involved, it distorted everyone's sense of work essentially like even for me as well on a different scale or different angle um and it just becomes quite distracting and sometimes you have to like rejig yourself in a certain direction and i with trung I'm, i know we were saying early in the year when there were huge drops in stocks and i know you're quite Get exposed to, to a lot of these growth <laughs> stocks yeah it does it does give you a kick and on the flip side there's the opposite when things are just going swimmingly well on a number on a screen it just magically keeps going up it's very difficult psychologically to deal with that and uh, the bigger question is i've talked a little bit about this before is the kind of hunger you have not having anything or much to when you do get a to a certain level of comfort that is something i still genuinely honestly i still struggle with that even today so well, um yeah well, i bring we, this up so we didn't do the meme, meme of, the of the week <laughs> uh, and i think this is very relevant for everything you said Bilal. because so the meme for the listeners is from wall street memes uh who kindly enough credited uh, his inspiration of this for a tweet i put up but he says the tweet is of logan roy from succession uh and it's a scene where he asks his son uh a uh, Roman Roy played by uh, Kieran McCulkin. He's a sicko because uh, he had accidentally sent incredible. his dad a, a dick pic. Incredible yeah, scene, right? Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Uh, but then uh, Wall Street Memes writes, uh, hilarious. He writes, uh, my accountant, after seeing that I placed uh, 89,511 trades just to make a $38 profit. And then uh, it's just a line, are you a sicko? But the reason, uh, well, two reasons I bring that up. Number one is we didn't do meme of the week. I've got to do that. But the second thing is, is like you said, I was like, you can literally be in the mix doing all these wild things, but there's ultimately really no compounding going on. Right. And we've talked about before, unless you're the best of the best of the best of the best, if you're day trading, you're getting slaughtered. Like you will get slaughtered. Right. So, um, I mean, it's amazing. I will say trying, sorry, just to add though, I do think even if you, if you didn't lose your house last year, you know, like, you still probably learned quite a significant amount playing around with that stuff. Sure, so sure, I don't think sure. it's just the money, of course, like, yeah, who everyone wants to make money, but like the, that got me into so many things, like setting up a MetaMask wallet, exploring different ecosystems, learning about NFTs, etc. And I think like, that's where some of the compounding can happen is the interest, it opens up a doorway for you to go. And now some of those, like even that, we talked about him, like he went and started, he's now writing about this every week 
He's got a new newsletter. He's also um, been working. He taught himself like solidity, I think. And so it's just like those things, I think, can... Yeah, now it's a beast, and, man. He's yeah, he is a beast. But, but I 100% agree. If, if you're only there just to flip it and make a couple grand or 100 grand, whatever, like that isn't always going to be enough to keep it going. And it's kind of the bigger question I was saying earlier of Brown, like what keeps you motivated in the first place do you know what i mean so if it and that, that even for me i've got to the point where it's like money is it's very difficult for me to be motivated by just money because it's it, it's kind of boring after a while without sounding like a like an idiot so um yeah anyway i think that was a good good little philosophical discussion thanks for sharing that jack um good to see you you grinding out with that stuff again VV, get ready get ready for the, don't worry yeah, people we're not getting me and Bilal aren't getting whitelisted <laughs> the Jack's VV project is for the people. There's no favoritism here. That's uh, true. But uh, yo, just send us uh, something in the DM, brother. No. Yeah, yeah, just let us know on the side. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm playing. All right, what's next? What's next? All right, yeah, we got a next couple now. Um, just to wrap us up, CNN and Netflix. Trung, over to you, our resident um, journalist with lowercase J. He doesn't yeah. like to be called a journalist, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, what's going on with CNN Plus, man? What the hell happened okay, there? Okay, so CNN Plus uh, was the streaming service for the, the news website. I mean, sorry, the news channel, obviously. We all know CNN. So CNN is still like an anchor for the cable news business, right? It's like one of the big three or four, uh, MSNBC, Fox. And um, uh, a lot of criticism in recent years, particularly during the uh, the Trump administration, when they basically were just an outrage machine. And uh, since Trump has left, uh, uh, cable news in general has seen a big dip in viewership. Just not everybody is stuck on every word uh, of the president of the United States anymore. But CNN Plus was like every other media company was CNN's effort to go into streaming. They knew that the cable cash cow is going to go away, right? So there's there's two, two pieces to the CNN Plus uh, launch. So the failure of it or the uh, perceived failure of it. Cause I, I'm sure you guys have seen some of the memes that have been going around, right? Like there's been a, a multiple news pieces about CNN plus not really hitting their numbers. So uh, a McKinsey consultants had told uh, CNN plus that they should have 2 million subscribers this year. They're currently at, at 150,000. And I think only 10,000 people or 10 to 20 watch their use the app like on a daily basis. So just not good. Just as a as a point of reference, how far they are from the tops is uh, Disney Plus has 100 plus million subscribers. Netflix has 220 million subscribers. Not uh, to say that can, they have to be that, but those are the tops. What's the value proposition beyond watching CNN? Any? So, well, so they they did a couple of things. So CNN is like, okay, we can't just be live news, right? Like we have to they had to find a wedge because nobody really wants to subscribe to a streaming service for live news. I mean, that's eventually probably what's going to happen. But if you want live news, they're not going to cannibalize their 24 seven news network. So they're, what they did was they said, okay, what are like really popular kind of uh, shows uh, on, uh, on other networks that aren't uh, necessarily scripted, right? So like the home, home uh, gardening network, it does quite, pretty well. And a lot of that content online does well. Uh, travel shows do well. Yeah, didn't they um, have Anthony Bourdain? Wasn't it? Well, they had it for CNN. Yeah, uh, yeah for CNN. Okay, yeah. But they tried to do some similar things, right? They tried to get these personalities, uh, which I mean, like Scott, Professor Scott Galloway was one of the big gets they got for CNN Plus. And 
I listen. I like a lot of what Scott Galloway does, but now he's involved in this, and, and, and you know how people make fun of Galloway's bets and ideas and how often wrong he is. He's also been right. Like, for example, we work, but now it just looks like another feather in him like picking uh, a streaming service and it just completely failing. Uh, they also got like some personalities uh, from, uh, I think NPR is one of, one of NPR's biggest personalities left to go to CNN plus. But yeah, to answer your question, Jack, it's like they weren't going to do the 24 hour hours news coverage. They needed a wedge as an option to build an off ramp right into the streaming world. Cause everybody knows it's coming, but that met with the fact that there is subscriber fatigue clearly and maybe their offering just straight up sucks. I haven't seen a single piece of content from CNN Plus that has hit the consciousness, right? I think Anderson Cooper has a show on there, but nothing, right? Um, they, I think they spent, they've spent $300 million in total. They were planning to spend a billion over four years to build it. So, back so trying, the, you might have said this, but how long has it been around now? I think uh, less than a month. That's crazy, yeah. Because yeah. I thought it just got announced. It's already been canned. Yeah, much. It, it, we'll not... do it for a hundred mil each. We'll yeah. go on. <laughs> Dude, I guarantee you, we get a bigger digital audience than they would. There's no, no question <laughs> in my mind. Um, yeah, but dude, they put like fifty million in marketing. So right now they're pausing marketing spend. But there's another piece to the puzzle. So on top of the fact that there's clearly subscriber fatigue to streaming services. And then on top of the fact that the content itself might just straight up suck, I don't know. I'm not watching. I think that's a big problem. It has a Quibi vibe, right? You remember when Quibi came out, the short video uh, app that spent $2 billion on content that turns out nobody wants. Um, the other part of it is that there's this big merger between Time Warner, which owns CNN and Discovery. And now there's battles. There's there's battles within these organizations about like Time Warner's like, well, we have HBO Max and we want to put everything into that app to make it a true Netflix competitor, right? Like, why are we going to be under the same umbrella and have CNN Plus as literally taking away a potential subscriber for us or making people have that decision? So there's a lot of like internal politicking going on. And CNN Plus kind of rushed it out the door before Time Warner and Discovery fully merged because they're like, we might just get axed or they might just totally uh, uh, sunset this. So they rushed it out the door before the deal, before Discovery Time Warner happens. But now it looks like they're just going to get bundled into HBO Max anyways. Uh, and then the network, uh, Jeff Zucker, which was CNN's head uh, for the last nine years, he left or had to leave two months ago. Uh, and he had been involved a lot with CNN Plus's launch, but he had to leave because he was involved in some sexual... No, he had a relationship, a consensual relationship at CNN with an employee, but he didn't disclose it. And then he had to leave. So a lot of politics. Sounds familiar. Sounds like exactly, this happened right? a few times. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not the first time. So CNN Plus. So there's CNN Plus just being a complete disaster situation here. Uh, a lot of people at CNN Plus are like, well, 150,000 is not that bad. Like we're, we think we're on pace. Uh, so maybe they are. I don't know. I haven't. I think the cultural zeitgeist thing feels so much like Quibi, right? Quibi came out at the start of the pandemic. Everybody's at home. So Quibi made one technological mistake, which was that they didn't allow anything on TV, right? Everything had to be on the phone. It's like, well, that's completely useless because your pitch was that people were going to watch you on the bus or, you know, on the shitter at work. But like everybody's at home now, they're going to watch TV and you're not going to give them that. So technological mistake, but also massive uh, creative mistake. Uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg, obviously former head of, uh, I believe, Disney, he 
or one of the big studios, but he's a monster. But this is not how 2022 works anymore. I'm going to throw it to you guys on this, but like Quibi's failure was you can't tell people what they want, right? This is why TikTok, which is a short form video app on mobile, exploded. You allow people to be infinitely creative and then the market basically, and the market being people's attention and this amazing AI that TikTok has feeds on what they want. So CNN was another top-down attempt at trying to break through. And we're obviously on the other scale, boys. We just create great content. We let the market come. <laughs> let the market come this way. That's it. So any thoughts uh, there? No, I mean, I think the way you described it there, top-down versus you know the TikTok, like the wider platform, like YouTubers in that boat too. Um, it's just interesting though, because the format itself, like if you use Instagram Reels versus TikTok, like TikTok is still so much better. Like it's so crazy how much yeah. better algorithm works. And obviously like, you know, Instagram is following TikTok, TikTok is just fun because they've added the music element and all that sort of stuff. Um, so it's just, it's very, it's really interesting to see like how, you know, if you go from Facebook to Instagram, to Snapchat, adding stories, and then everyone ripping off stories. Yeah. Now with um, TikTok, we've got Reels, YouTube's got Shorts or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's just this constant evolution. I will say their top-down approach can work. It just didn't work for like Quibi. Like you could say HBO or right, right. You know, Netflix. Well, they HBO have that. is super, super high quality, right? Exactly, like exactly. Yeah, and this and that comes from more like the TV world, you know, TV movie traditional world. And at the same time, I have no idea about HBO's like business and how it actually works, if it's profitable or whatever. But um, it was a monster. It was an absolute monster cable business. Yeah, even absolute even monster. now though, because I know forever it was, but just like even now well, in now today's it's, age, it's much more difficult because it's under the Time Warner umbrella yeah. and like uh, their content is being diluted. Like the app now, like you'll get some of this random content that yeah, they Time did Warner HBO owns, right? now or yeah, whatever, exactly, or whatever. So. Let me add the backdrop, which you had mentioned. So the CNN Plus news came out today about, like, there's just been leaks of news. So a lot of politicking, right? So I'm sure a lot of this is like he said, she said. But then on top of that, Netflix comes out today and says, for the first time in its history, they lost subscribers in a quarter. So they lost 200 subscribers uh, this quarter. But they expected to two, add 2.5. 200,000. 200,000, okay. Not that, I mean, that's like 10, it's like less than a percent of their subscriber base. But the whole point is like, Everything about them was predicated on growing, on growing, 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 growing. Yeah. And uh, the problem, obviously, is that there's only 350 million people in America, right? It's like they're so penetrated uh, for North America, which is the high dollar value in North America, Canada, too. Like in India, I think uh, a, uh, a, a, a Netflix user is paying less than five bucks, right? Fair enough, like relative to their thing. Speaking of India... Our boy Patel just... Uh, yeah, I was just going to oh say, he put goodness. out a hilarious tweet. He's got yeah. one... Okay, this is the funniest... This should have been meme of the week, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, let's Matt. do it. But this one made me absolutely howl. God, he's so good, man. Hold on a second here. Oh, internet! All right, listeners. Uh, I'm going to read it. But so Netflix fell today 24% on the news uh, that its subscriber is slowing for the first time ever. And Patel, oh my goodness. Here we go. He drops it. Oh, he has so many going right now. Oh, my God. Okay, what here. a beast. <laughs> Netflix Killing. stock down 20% after 1.4 billion people in India realize they can all share the same password. <laughs> Incredible. So, uh, actually, let me uh, allow your boy, Trung Fan, to, to pump his uh, uh, Netflix Bloomberg opinion article he wrote recently. If you guys don't mind. Yeah. Do uh, 
So Netflix, I wrote this article. Let me break it down for the listeners here. So Netflix, there's been some talk, right? So subscribers are basically slowing. What can we do next? How can we fix the business? So the article I wrote was that they could use their existing infrastructure to build a, 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 a app network, like literally apps. And uh, it's from uh, a mobile analyst, Eric Sufer. I interviewed him for the article. But the, the, the TLDR of it is that people are like, Netflix should just do ads. They should have a free tier with ads, right? Bring more people into the uh, ecosystem, help their subscriber growth, because we just talked about how bad the subscriber growth is. Uh, that's, uh, maybe some of those free advertisers or free subscribers will eventually pay for the app. Uh, in the meantime, will just stick their face with uh, ads. And the thing interesting about Netflix is they already have an amazing infrastructure for ads because they're their personalization, right? They're feeding you yeah, already. I was just thinking that. Exactly. Yeah. Their recommendations for you are built on a profile of you as a viewer. They can already feed you ads. Like they have best in class personalization recommendations. So they have the infrastructure. Two criticisms about that. Number one is, well, let me ask you, if Netflix had a free tier, would you be kind of annoyed? Because it feels premium, right? I'm like, I'm paying $20. I don't want fucking ads. Yeah, I think there's a psychological exactly. thing with the price point, right? Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, there's no ads. I'm paying, I'm happy to pay. The same way with Spotify, I pay, even exactly. though they do have a free ad supported yeah. version. But I don't know yet, 100%, right? Is like that, that's the reason is like it, it's a brand uh, equity kind of thing. The other argument, uh, which is what I wrote about is uh, from Eric Suford is basically they can use that infrastructure to build an app ecosystem. So they've already acquired four gaming developers in the past six months. And they're making a, they're using all this attention and the fact they have 220 million, sorry guys, just burped, plus subscribers to feed them mobile games, right? And Eric's argument is like, well, what you should actually do is you should just have Netflix branded apps for everything, like have fitness apps uh, um, uh, within your mobile phone that's Netflix branded. And what you do is you use that personalization and recommendation engine. Like if you know somebody's watching a ton of fitness related content, well, get them to use the app, right? And then what that does is it also draws a lot of app developers to Netflix because customer acquisition is so hard in apps, especially after Apple changes privacy settings. So like Netflix could come and be like, well, actually Apple's not letting you get data from the users anymore across apps. We have it all. So come to us, make amazing apps, mobile gaming, health, cooking, whatever. And then we will swap in that. You can use our data. We'll take a cut of any revenue you make from your apps. Uh, and then also you can be top of funnel for us to build a growth subscriber base. That's one pitch. So I, I think that got gone. What do you Pretty interesting, right, say- Jack? Pay to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. Crypto solves everything. There you go. No, I have to say, I think Ben Thompson wrote about um, why they shouldn't do ads. I think I didn't read the full no, no, thing. No, no, he said they should do oh, ads, but then he came back sh- the next one and said the brand equity argument against oh, it. Oh, got it, got it. Way. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I will say that I think it's a really interesting idea because if you think of just digital advertising, like you said, they've got all the personalization stuff exactly. pretty well, you know, as good as anyone. This I, is your I realm. Say, this is your yeah, realm. I'd say, but what the, the their targeting probably isn't as good as Facebook and Google in terms of Google and Facebook gets 90% of the internet's activity on their pixels because of not Google Analytics. With the, not, well, not with Apple's uh, privacy Yeah, that's changes, true, right? that's true. That That's hurt them a lot. So, so maybe that's the 9%. argument for Netflix. That's a good point, actually, yeah. Because well, they own first-party Amazon. data. Amazon, Amazon. Yeah. Well, we, I, think, I think in like episode two or three, we predicted that uh, like this was a prediction of ours, Amazon or Netflix, right? 
One of them, well, like yeah, which, which going to win the streaming was Amazon, Amazon Video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazon. 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 But, but, oh, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah exactly. The, the good thing for Netflix, though, like you said, is the print. Like people, advertisers will pay a pr- huge premium to be alongside that premium content. If you compare that That's, directly yeah. with YouTube, you can say right now YouTube made the better decision, right? Like they didn't yeah. go and try to make Game of Thrones equivalent or whatever, or like House mm-hmm. of Cards. They they did. I think they had fifty mil at one point where they were incentivizing creators and stuff like that. But it was always kind of like the YouTube um main audience um but they've just sat back and said all right we'll just be the number one video platform let people create the crazy long tail and and then we'll still have the joe rogan clips and the the podcast now i I don't know how much i could talk about but i met someone one of my friends is now working on youtube podcast basically right so that's another whole vertical they're now going to be incentivizing podcasts to get on there if they're not already that they they, there's no reason they shouldn't be winning all of those categories. But the the problem from the advertiser side has always been, oh, it's not premium enough. That's always been, if you speak to any of the people buying ads, like the CMO of a company, the reason they said, we don't believe in the internet, we call it internet, like I've said on the show, was because they always had this perception of YouTube being, you know, a cat on a skateboard. Yeah. You know, like that, those videos, they didn't think of, oh, Mr. Beast is got more views on then his Squid Game, uh, the Squid Game, Game yeah. then Squid Game his itself. remake on YouTube got more views than the whole of Netflix's show, which is, I think, the number one show on Netflix or whatever in terms of viewership. So it's just an insane, if you just think of like scale, of totally. course, his, you know, he makes crazy money from ads and brand sponsorships, but the CPM, the cost per thousand impressions he can earn from that is so much lower than a premium content network like Netflix or HBO or something like that. So they, it could actually work pretty well. It's a pretty smart idea. Be interesting. Or what about if they just did it in certain markets? Like what if like uh, yeah, to start India. off like India, <laughs> India would be a great market for them to do that. Cause uh, yeah, like you said, um, everyone would have it there. So yeah, that's a very interesting take. Any Anything else on Netflix before we cut out of that one? I just think they got the worst content library, honestly. Like I think most of the stuff on Netflix is not great. It's meant to be bad. It's turning into like, uh, well, Ben Thompson, you mentioned him and I've read, we should mention him again because I do want to talk about his pitch about Twitter, but it's like, he talks about Netflix's job. What is Netflix's job? Is like, it's turned into television, right? Which means there's a lot of just shitty, not shitty, but like useless background content, but that people kind of like, right? Like, you know, when you're cooking or hanging out, you just throw something on. Uh, We're going to throw of- the ultimatum on and watch this ridiculous <laughs> dating show. Don't don't judge me. But yeah, they, they do have... No, you're right. They've, that long tail is pretty poor. Like, honestly, on the movies on there, pretty weak. Like, compared no, to... actually, to your some, point, you're better the- off just having the, the YouTube stuff in the background, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I do think they've still had massive shows. Like, you know, a lot of big shows are still on there. But I think we've got so used to them. Uh, they definitely don't have BritBox, though. Jack's favorite on uh, Amazon Video, wherever you've got Acorn, it on. Acorn, mate. Acorn. Acorn. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, but yeah, interesting. I will say the last thing on, on the YouTube versus Netflix. I, I mean, I think that's been interesting to see now YouTube ad revenue. Uh, what YouTube revenue basically surpassing Netflix, right? Trung, is that right? From la- like YouTube last quarter's has, news? They're, they're, or they're basically matched, yeah. Yeah, on, on an annualized basis, if you extrapolate like last quarter or something like that. 
which to me, like that is mad. Like, I never thought it would get to that level. It's mad, but it's like you said, it's scale, right? You have 2 billion yeah. people where the average revenue per user is whatever, 15 bucks, I guess, versus uh, versus Netflix, which is 200 million subscribers. ARPU is like 15 or 10, 15 bucks, right? Uh, totally different models. YouTube's winning. Full disclosure, people. Our boy Bilal used to work there. So do not take this as investment <laughs> advice, all right? Pump in his bags. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was nah, waiting for that I stock think, split. I yeah, think guys. like YouTube model in the environment we're in and continue to like go deeper into just makes way more sense. Yeah. Like permissionless, let the market decide. Like where the attention goes. My dad was there for four weeks just now. That man watched so much YouTube. It's just Love absolutely it. outrageous. Yo, yeah, it's insane. Thank God you had YouTube, right? Just for your own sanity. <laughs> this, I mean, just like the browser, I'm not like a YouTube native consumer, but people who are, are literally like, they tell oh, them you're on, they go to YouTube. I, I and, like, and then the oh, younger that's generation. such an interesting behavior. YouTube first. Oh, right. definitely. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, also, if you think of the young generation, not to sound like an old fogey myself, but like we're, I'm only 33, 30, well, 34 in, in a month or whatever. But f even for, and I'm pretty savvy with that stuff. And I watch YouTube probably more than I watch Netflix, actually. I, I yeah. use YouTube every day. But like, if you listen to that Mr. Beast interview, obviously he's the number one YouTuber in the world, but his age group, and if you speak to any younger cousins or, you know, younger people you've got in your family, they're all they're watching is YouTube, like pretty much. And even if you think like YouTube kids has the kids stuff down, it is so smart the way they've done it. It's just, I think the one big problem they've always had is the perception, uh, you know, from the older people who are spending money, which they've managed to get in. And th that's the, the other thing, you know, it's something that just takes time. And like, I see a lot of people on Twitter right now, like saying, oh, Google, Facebook, or any of these big tech companies, why do they have so many employees? This is why, because that takes eight years of going to the same CMO who's got a hundred or $200 million or a billion dollar ad budget and knocking them down and saying, hey, come with <laughs> us to VidCon. And I'll come over here. Oh, look at these numbers. Come and to Wimbledon. Come to Wimbledon. Yeah, come on. Yeah. And, and that's the, the, people don't realize that what goes into, like I saw someone tweet like WhatsApp sold for $19 billion and had 12 engineers. And so why does FTX have 200 or whatever the number was? And I was like, forget FTX. And they extrapolate that out to why does Google have 100,000 employees? Don't get me wrong, 20, 30% of employees are probably chilling, but they don't understand like what goes into a real business. WhatsApp is not a real business when it got sold. It was it just had, an it app. Was, yeah, it was just and a it had, Yeah, it yeah. had incredible user growth, but they didn't have revenue. They didn't have customers. They didn't have to, like they, people don't understand all the different parts of a business when you get to that scale. And it's it's kind of, honestly, it's a little frustrating for me because oh, wow. I'm, in full don't really write anything right on no 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 it's just it's just kind of like it's especially in the startup community and i i work yeah. with startups i work i see the pros and cons of each it's just i think people can't wrap their head around the scale like when you've got 10 million advertisers spending thousands and hundreds Fair. of thousands of millions with you yes. there's a certain level of work that is not just a computer <laughs> pressing a button for you so anyway ran over but that is uh something that Man, i've you, been uh do not come at me and say you two is too many employees <laughs> you've never been there you've never been in the bin you know what it's like to watch <laughs> that, youtube right. content all day <laughs> <That's right. laughs> no, for, for the listeners the bin is where you watch like the not best stuff on YouTube uh, and, and it, it will scar your ass for life, but they make yeah, every definitely. employee do it, right? 
Um, well, earlier they used to. They used to. Okay. Probably not. But anymore. now they have moderators, which are really, literally destroying people's lives. But uh, yeah, one hundred percent. Well, um, I mean, that's we don't have to go into that. But uh, uh, there's lawsuits right. around it. But blah. We better move on before. Yeah, I let's let's wrap it up because we've got five minutes or so. But All yeah, right, good. Let's, let me do a super hardcore thing on Gone. Elon and Twitter. God, let's do All that right. real quick. And people, the reason we're doing this is so we can put it in the thumbnail on YouTube so we can get some uh, good search engine. <laughs> <Not optimization. even. laughs> now we're playing. But uh, so, okay. Everything's moving so fast. Quick TLDR. Thursday, Elon offered $43 billion for Twitter. He already owned 9%. He needs to come up with $40 billion. On Saturday, Twitter adopted a poison pill. The TLDR on that is that if Elon owns 15% or more of the company, Elon or a group of other investors owns 15% or more. Uh, Twitter, by the corporate bylaws, can issue uh, shares to the existing shareholders other than the individual that goes above 15, in this case, Elon, and they can dilute him down. So they issue shares at a massive discount. So actually, they did a little playback at Elon uh, on the 420 joke. We know how much Elon loves 420. 420 actually is tomorrow. So I'm sure something crazy is going to happen when we drop this podcast because uh, 420 is Elon's favorite date because uh, it's 69 days before his birthday. Um, I don't know why I know that, but I do. So the setup is now this. The poison pill is in place. Poison pills are usually meant to force a hostile takeover uh, individual to negotiate with the board. Uh, but it sounds like the board will reject Elon's offer of $54.20 a share. Uh, and uh, the poison pill, this is how it works. If it does get enacted, uh, you pay $210 and then you get $420 worth of Twitter stock. So they did the 420 also, just like F you back to him. Um, but I, I want to lay out a couple of scenarios here. Uh, as of today, April 19th, it looks like Elon's potential moves are the following. He can team up with a private equity firm, which are known to do big tech uh, uh, takeouts. Uh, Toma Bravo and Apollo have been mentioned in the press as potential uh, take uh, private equity partners. Silver Lake, which is already on the board of Twitter and uh, is a uh, all, tried to help uh, Elon take Tesla private, could be a potential partner because Elon doesn't want to put a 40 bill. If he does, he'll have to take a, a margin loan, a, a loan out against his Tesla stock. And he's already apparently taken off 50 billion against his 160 Tesla stock. So that might not happen. The, the one I do like is this. Can he find another billionaire to team up with? A Larry Ellison, a Jeff Bezos. Could you imagine if Bezos and uh, Elon teamed up because they cared enough about free speech? Um, Teal other, has got to be on that list as well. Teal I mean. on the oh, list. yeah. Yeah, Teal, yeah. Least, uh, Mark Andreessen from uh, uh, Andreessen Horowitz potentially could help cobble up some funds. Uh, Elon might not even have to get the $40 billion. He could get the 51% ownership and agree to keep the company public. Uh, there's, I think right now they're, so Jack owns 2%, Elon owns 9 uh, a couple of the PE firms I mentioned. Collectively, he could probably get the 20 to 30%. But if not, these are his moves. It's going to go to court, people. And I have been pretending to be a legal expert for a number of days now on the internet. Uh, I, I basically called my lawyer friend from, uh, he went to Stanford, he's a corporate lawyer. And uh, I just told him to give me the dump. And then he's been messaging, man, Chung, just be careful, man. Like, uh, don't just like put information out there. I've yeah, been doing lawyers it never, lawyers yeah. are always the <laughs> most like, scared of writing yeah. anything. Yeah. He's like, Trunk, like, just be careful, bro. Uh, and I have been called out uh, for some of my uh, tweets about the, the legal situation, but 
two potential cases that we will hear about uh, from Delaware Supreme Court, where a lot of uh, U.S. companies are incorporated. So the first one is called Revlon versus uh, McAndrews and Forbes. The TLDR on this one is that there's a hostile takeover uh, from a grocery train, uh, a grocery chain called Pantry. They tried to take over uh, Revlon, the cosmetic maker. But what ended up happening was that at the end of that uh, deal, it was determined that if Revlon put itself up for bidding, it had to give itself to the highest uh, bidder, the highest price. Because right now the board's responsibility is multifold, right? They're like, can we execute our business plan or the shareholders going to be taken care of or our employees going to be taken care of? But in the event of a potential auction process, your job is to go to the highest bidder and then other considerations or highest bidder, the, uh, the probability the deal will close and then the availability of funding. So a little bit of multifold, but basically you're trying to get the most, the term is best shareholder value. The other Supreme Court case is called the, the Unicall standard. It was about an oil company and uh, what, in the 80s, both these happened in the 80s, but basically the Unicall standard says that Elon could potentially sue the board for not taking his offer and saying that it was, they did it against the interests of the shareholders. And uh, the one, the last thing I'll add on this is I got some images. Uh, actually, we don't need to pull them up, but if you look at Elon's older, uh, some of his tweets in the last couple of days, you will notice he's going specifically after Twitter's board because it looks like he's trying to set up a situation. Uh, you know, he's, he's notifying the world basically that the Twitter's board has zero ownership in Twitter. Uh, and uh, David Sachs from All In Podcast on Friday was like just talking a ton about how these guys have no skin in the game, but it looks like they could be setting up to go after the board specifically uh, because otherwise it's going to be a pretty long battle to, to to proxy the board, which means you vote the board members out. Uh, Twitter's board only allows a third of their board to be voted out every year. It would take Elon two to three years. He doesn't have that patience. So that's it. That's the, that's the follow-up. Yeah. I feel like something crazy is going to happen next week that we should talk about anyways, but that was a quick seven minute follow-up. Other than that, yeah. I'm good. Thanks guys. Elon, good, mate. Nice one, mate. Yeah. Elon still going in, man. He's uh, not playing around. I did love him calling out the board by saying, if I buy Twitter, uh, the, you won't be paid to be on the board or something yeah, like that. Or like this year, amount. Yeah, yeah. You'll be saved. Uh, you'll save this amount of money, whatever. Uh, just so we can wrap it up. Thanks for the summary, Trung. Uh, one year of NIA, boys. Congratulations. We finally got to chat about it. Just us three. Uh, I think when we talked about this over text, we said we would just basically reflect on it a little bit just to mark it just uh the way jack says on the chain this is on the apple feed chain on anyway on the tube exactly you actually know what Bilal? could we actually do this one next week i'll tell you why i i, 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 I want to give a little bit more energy to kick off at the start we'll start how about All this right. listeners we will reflect on our one year next week so definitely come back for that and what i would love as well from people as well uh oh, yeah. if you wouldn't mind comment either in what's your YouTube, favorite moment or on Telegram, yeah. Tell us some of your favorite moments. And then the one thing that's actually something that we haven't done, basically, is understand what you want more of. Because I think we've got so much good feedback from people. And uh, I've, from my other podcasts, I know like the, the feedback you get is so broad that yeah. you can be like, oh, I don't like it when you do this. I don't like it when you do this. Do this length. That's not necessarily what is helpful. Like what I'd love to know personally is like wh what you like the most 
on the show and what do you want more of because that's what we'll we'll keep doing we'll keep yeah. giving you more of that stuff we know everyone has different opinions and uh you know stuff that you'll like so would love to hear uh let us know you can tweet tweet that to us right on youtube comments below or in telegram i'll put a little thing there too but i'd love to get your feedback yeah, let's on ask that. It. We'll, we'll ask the telegram we'll ask that in telegram that's a great yeah, call exactly. actually that would be way that would be helpful because we uh, have our episode next week we'll just do a, a q a that on, sounds uh, good one year yeah cool 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 all right let's do that yeah i know we're here in time so um thanks again for being here we appreciate you guys hope you enjoyed uh this episode as always we appreciate you all and we'll see you in the next episode next week cheers